As far as I know, I have never seen an angel. I have never heard the voice of an angel. As far as I'm aware, I've never received a message from an angel. There's never been a time that an angel appeared to me to show me something. Never been a time that an angel appeared uh, to tell me anything. I wonder sometimes if they are watching me, if they're shaking their head trying to figure me out. Uh, but there's never been a time that I've actually seen an angel. Now, I do believe in angels, and I know biblically God uses angels, but again, I've never heard from an angel as of yet. I've never heard a message from an angel. Well, today as we head into the week that we celebrate Christmas, and what an awesome week this is, as we head into this week that we celebrate Christmas, I want to take this opportunity this morning and look at three messages Three announcements we find in God's word from angels. Our message today is entitled, Angels We Have Heard on High. Again, three recorded messages, messages delivered by angels, angels we have heard on high. Today we're going to look at several verses, but we're going to start off with Luke chapter 2, verses 10 and 11. Luke chapter 2, verses 10 and 11. I'm going to ask if you would, if you'd stand with me in the reverence in the honor of the reading of God's word, Luke chapter 2, verses 10 and 11. Angels we have heard on high. God's word says this. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today in the city of David there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we come today, we're thankful for you. We're thankful for a gracious God, a kind God. We're thankful for a God that he himself is love. Lord, we're thankful for today our Savior, Jesus Christ. We're thankful for the hope that we have today that, that stands today, that endures for eternity because of the finished work of Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray that today as we have gathered, first off, that you are honored in our gathering, that your, your praises ring out and that you are worshiped today. Lord, I also pray that you would speak to us. And I pray that today wouldn't be just a service, just a, an event that we pass through on the way to lunch, but I pray, Lord, that you would speak to your people today. You know who's here. You, knew, you know who's hearing. And I, I pray that you would supernaturally speak through the word of God to your people today. Lord, I pray that we would be changed today, that we would be convicted, that we would be encouraged today. Lord, I pray that some here that do not know Jesus Christ, that on this day, they would place their trust in you as their Lord and their Savior, and they would find their salvation in Christ. Lord, we give this hour to you. We give this service to you. We pray that you're honored in it, and I pray in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Again, today we're going to see three announcements recorded in Scripture from angels and how they impact us. Again, I haven't heard from an angel. I, as far as I know, I've never seen an angel. But we're going to go to God's Word, and we're going to see three announcements given by angels and how they impact us. The first announcement. Now, let me start by saying today, I am afraid that we have lost the meaning, that we have lost the profoundness of what Christmas actually is. Now, 
Listen, when I say that, I know that that is easy to say. I know that, that I could sensationalize that. I know that it is popular today that we need to say we need to keep Christ in Christmas or, or Jesus is the reason for the season. I know that materialism and greed and, and trees and decorations and gifts and reindeer have overshadowed Christmas, but I want to tell you it is much deeper than that. I, I think even in the church and maybe especially in the church, we have lost the true meaning of Christmas. And so as we come today on the cusp of Christmas, I'm aware that I believe, you know what, we've lost the profoundness of what Christmas truly is. You see, man after sin has only one primary need. And I, I want us to be sure of that. Man after sin, we have only one imperative need. Now, there's some things we're going to need along the way. There's some necessary things, but I want to tell you, after the sin of mankind, there is only one true imperative need, and that one need is a Savior. Man in the garden sins. Man chooses to rebel against God. Man chooses not to trust in God, and man sins. And ever since sin... We have needed a Savior. And that's what I think we have lost today. That's what I think we are, we are missing today. I think we are going through the days of our life and the, the course of our lives and we're missing the truth that we need a Savior. Get this. Because of sin, we suffer decay and sickness and death. Because of sin, we, we stand by grave after grave after grave and we weep at those grave sites. Understand that is because of sin alone. Because of sin, we operate in an evil, corrupt world. And you look around today, it's getting more evil all the time, more corrupt all the time. We think, well, you know what? That group has done that or those politicians have done that or those folks over there, they have brought that. Understand we live in a world that is steadily getting worse and it's not gonna get any better all because of sin. Because of sin, our kids are born in pain. Because of sin, our crops are grown in toil. Because of sin, our hearts are consumed in evil. Because of sin, we are separated from God. From that very first second, that first sin, and then continuing in our sin today, our sin, sin separates us from God. And because of sin, we are out of fellowship with God. I don't, I don't know that we think much about that. We, we try to go through our life and say, you know what, I'm gonna start a career and I'm gonna secure money and I'm gonna have these things. And the truth is, ever since sin, continuing in our sin, we are out of fellowship with God. We can have no part of God because he can have no part of our sin. Sometimes I go back and I picture Adam and Eve as they leave the garden. We read that account and we, we move on from there. I, I, I go back and I think how sad that must have been as they leave the garden, as they're pushed out of the garden, as they, as they get a few steps outside and maybe they, maybe they travel some distance a few yards outside and then they look back and that's the garden where they walked with God. 
And I, I think how sad that must be, how, how their hearts must have broken, how, how terrifying that must have been as they leave the garden. That's the garden where we talk to God. And more than that, he talked to us, the Bible says, as a friend. And as they leave that garden, God doesn't go with them, not as before. I think how sad that must have been and I I wonder the pace of their steps as they they leave the garden now guilty in their sin, now wearing these these clothing of fur, the the, the stain of blood to cover their sin and I wonder as they leave, do they look back and they remember we walked with God. Another step they take and we, we remember we walked with God. It's even worse. The Bible says in our sin... In our sinful, rebellious state, we are actually enemies of God. I don't don't think we hear that much. I don't think we hear sermons about that. Do you know in your sin, in your sinful state, you're not a distant friend of God? You're not an alienated friend of God. Listen, you're not even neutral, but the Bible says in our sin, we stand as enemies opposed to God. Worse than all of that, the Bible says because of sin, we are under the holy, righteous, terrible wrath of God. And I'll tell you today, on the authority of God's word left in our sin, there will be a day when God's anger toward every sin God's anger towards every evil sin that we've committed, every secret sin that we've committed, every sin that we thought we got away with, his anger is gonna be poured out on us and his judgment is gonna be delivered to us. And listen, in our sinful state, we will pay for our sin. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. You are under the condemnation of your sin. You are guilty in your sin. And I wanna tell you, you will pay for your sin. And listen to this. And there's nothing we can do about any of that. Do you understand that? There's nothing we can do about any of that. We suffer death after death after death. We're separated from a holy God. We are under the wrath and the judgment of God. And you can try and do all of the good deeds many people have. You can try to work it off. I'll I'll draw a line and I'll turn and I'll work it off. You can try all these things. You can look for answers. There's nothing we can do. No religious practice that you could do. No act of devotion that you can show. There's not gonna be a tipping of the scales. Listen, we need a savior. Our only hope is in a savior. The grave will only be defeated, not of any work that you would do, but only in a savior. Sin can only be forgiven, only in a savior. Peace and restoration with God will only happen with a savior. Do you feel that today? Do you get that today? We need a savior. We are perishing and we will perish apart from a savior. We need a savior. We're doomed without a savior. From Adam forward, the need of every man is a savior. The need of mankind is a savior. We need a savior. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy which will be for all the people. 
For today in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. I want to tell you today, Christmas is about one thing, and that is the truth that we have, our Savior. And I want to tell you, if there's not reason enough to celebrate, if that's not a reason enough to be joy-filled, listen, there is hope today. There is peace with God today. There is the forgiveness of our sin today. There is eternal life today. There is pardon for sinners today because we have our Savior born for you in the city of David is a Savior who is Christ the Lord. We have our Savior. Listen, that's why we celebrate. We have our Savior. There was nothing we could do, but in Christ, we have our Savior. I thought that was the best announcement that angels could ever make. Born for you as a Savior who is Christ the Lord. What could be better than that? I thought surely that's the best announcement we could ever hear from the mouth of an angel proclaimed by an angel. What, what could be better than that? Surely that, there's no better news than that. I thought that was the best. Second one's better. Listen to the second announcement. Stay with me. Jesus is born... And really, it's, it's, it's very profound. We, we, we understand it, but man, it is profound. He is born of a virgin. He's born the son of God, that he might save men. He's born the son of man, that he might save his kinsmen. He is born, he is an actual person. He's the Nazarene, Jesus. He is the Christ. He is the anointed one marked of God. He is the fulfillment of scripture. He is born, he is the savior of God. He is our savior, He's born the Lamb of God. The Bible says his name is Jesus. His name means Yahweh saves. God saves. God will be your salvation. And he lives, and the Bible says he grows in wisdom and stature. The Bible says there's a day when he's baptized in the Jordan River. You remember the count. He comes over the hill, and John the Baptist says, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. He's baptized and God testifies, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. We read from there, he's tempted and he doesn't sin. In fact, he, he never sins. He's perfect. He has no blemish, no stain of sin. Not one sin will he ever commit. We read as he calls his disciples and he teaches them and he trains them for the ministry that's gonna come ahead of them. He invests in them. He spends time with them. We read as he preaches the kingdom of God in Luke chapter four, he's the fulfillment of, of Isaiah chapter 61. He is the Messiah. He preaches the kingdom of God. He does many miraculous things, all of them concern, confirming that he is the Messiah. How can we trust what you say? How can we know that this is true? And he does these things. He, he heals these folks that it confirms the message. He is the Christ. And some 33 years passed. On a certain time, a certain day, he begins to make his way to Jerusalem. He's going there for the Passover. He crosses the Jordan River. Passes by the ancient city of Jericho. The account tells us he heals blind Bartimaeus in his grace on the way. He saves Zacchaeus, the tax collector that's up in the tree. 
He makes his way to Jerusalem and he's going there to observe the Passover. Remember, that is the event where the, the blood of the lamb that was, that was placed it over the door in great faith secured their deliverance. The blood of the lamb is how they would be saved and he's actually going to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover. The blood of the lamb that marked their deliverance. The Bible says he takes a donkey, he secures a donkey. And in fulfilled prophecy, he rides into town. Once he's there, he teaches his final lessons. Once there, he preaches his final messages. 33 years after that first announcement, it's there in this week that he says, in my father's house are many dwelling places. If it weren't I so, I would have told you, for I go and prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. It's there 33 years after that first announcement. That one evening he's taken and he's arrested. 33 years after that first announcement, he's beaten. He's, his beard is pulled out of his face. He's whipped across his back and he's spat upon and his own people yell out, crucify him, crucify him. Born for you this day as a savior, crucify him. And he's nailed to the cross. And there, 33 years after that first announcement, the mother who heard the shepherds tell of that first announcement. The Bible says and she pondered those things in her heart. 33 years after that first announcement there, she watches her son as he suffers and as he bleeds and as he finally dies on the cross of Calvary. I want you to see this. Not as the lamb, not as the king in the line of David, not as a descendant of Abraham, but 33 years later, after she hears that first announcement, after the shepherds tell her of that account, she sees him die as her son. The baby she held, the baby that she rocked asleep on that very first night, and three, 33 years after that first announcement, he is dead. The baby of Bethlehem is dead, and he breathes no more. He is dead, and, and he, his heart beats no more. His blood flows no more, for he is dead, and his voice has gone silent, and he speaks no more, and he is dead, and they placed him in a grave. And three days go by, three days. And those 33 years, and now these three days, He's dead now. He's dead. And on a morning on the first day of the week, as the sun comes up, some 33 years and now, three days after that first announcement, there is another announcement. And I want to tell you this morning, I believe it is the greater announcement. In fact, I believe it is the greatest announcement ever heard. In Matthew chapter 28, verse 5, understand some 33 years and now three days after that first announcement, the angel said to the woman, and do not be afraid for I know that you are looking for Jesus who has been crucified. He is not here for he has risen. He has risen, the greatest announcement ever made. He has risen. The greatest announcement ever made. You see, in that first announcement, 
we have his condescending. But in that second announcement, we have his coronation. In that first announcement, we have his coming. But in the second announcement, we have his crowning. In that first announcement, the lamb is born. Behold, the lamb which taketh away the sins of the world. Oh, but in that second announcement, the lamb is raised and he liveth yet again. In that first announcement, he is found in humility. He's born in a stable. He's placed in a manger. There's no room for him in the end. But I want you to see in that second announcement, he stands in resurrection power, victorious over sin and over death in the grave. In that first announcement, redemption, the price of it is yet to be paid. In that second announcement, I want you to see the price is paid forever and the receipt is issued and Jesus paid it all, all to him we owe. In that first announcement, Emmanuel, God in the flesh is with us. But in that second announcement, Jesus, God in the flesh has now saved us. In that first announcement, hallelujah, we have our Savior. But listen, in that second announcement, praise the Lord, it is finished. And in our Savior, we have salvation. I want you to be very sure today. That first announcement without the second announcement would have been forever incomplete. But I want you to be just as sure today that second announcement, missing the first announcement forever would have been impossible. But I want you to see the glory of our Savior in Jesus Christ. We have both Jesus, the risen Savior. He is risen. Praise the Lord, we have our Savior. He is risen. He is risen. I get there and I think, wow, wait a minute, there's a third announcement. Another announcement made by angels. Can it top this? Do you think it can top this? Remember I said I've never heard an angel make an announcement. Remember I said, not yet at least. You see, today, Christmas 2019, and I want you to listen very carefully. Today, Christmas 2019, because of that first announcement, today, born for you in the city of David, is a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Today, by the way, of that second announcement, he is not here, for he is risen. Brother and sister, I want you to be very sure today, I am going to hear a third announcement. Folks, I want us to be very sure today, I, by faith in Jesus Christ, no pitiful work of my own, I will hear the third announcement of these angels. And I want to tell you this morning, I am looking forward to it. The Bible says he has ascended now to heaven. And that is where he's at right now. The Bible says he is seated at the right hand of the Father, the seat of glory, the seat of power. The seat of honor, he's seated there right now. The Bible says while he's there, he's making intercession for us. I can't imagine. The Bible says while he's there, the angels and the host of heaven are, are praising him right now. They are praising my king. In these days in which we live, he has given us his mission. 
to seek and to save that which is lost. And these are the days we live in. He, he gives us the mission to lead many people to him by proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. In these days, as he is seated there on his throne, the Bible says he is patient, desiring that none should perish, not that one should perish. He's patient. Oh, but on the authority of God's word, he will not tarry forever. And there will be a day, and I believe it is a soon coming day, when he will stand up out of that seat. And once again, an angel will make an announcement. 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 16. I want you to listen to this. It says, for the Lord himself. Now, I want you to think about that. I want you to picture that today. For the Lord himself, he's not sending a representative. The Lord himself, he's not sending somebody else. The Lord himself, he doesn't have a preacher that he's gonna send. The Lord himself, Jesus, Emmanuel, our Savior, the Savior of both of those announcements, the risen lamb from the grave, the Prince of Peace, Emmanuel, the Lord himself will descend. Here's what the Bible says. From heaven with a shout and with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet of God, the dead in Christ will rise first and those who are alive and remain will be caught up with them in the air to meet the Lord in the air. So we shall always be with the Lord. Praise the Lord. Listen to me today. Because of that first announcement and through that second announcement, I plan on hearing that third announcement. Listen to me today. We have our Savior. His name is Jesus. By faith in him we are saved and in God's promise we're waiting on that shout. That hit me this year. This Christmas we're waiting on a shout. This Christmas we're gonna sing. This Christmas, we're gonna eat. This Christmas, we're gonna celebrate. But I wanna tell you more than any other Christmas, I'm waiting on a shout. This Christmas, I'm waiting on a shout. I read of that first announcement. We have a Savior. I'm so glad for my Savior, Jesus Christ. I can't imagine he humbled himself and came to save me. We have a Savior. I'm so thankful for that second announcement. I read of that second announcement and through that second announcement, I'm saved. I'm forgiven. The receipt is issued. He is our risen Savior. But I want to tell you this Christmas, I am waiting on a shout. Song takes a different meaning if we, if we think of it that way. Joy to the world. The Lord is come. Listen, I'm waiting on a shout. I'm waiting on saying, you know what? I know he was born in Bethlehem. I know he went to the cross of Calvary, but I know in his power he is coming and I'm waiting on a shout. Let earth receive her king. Listen, I'm waiting on a shout. That is the celebration of this Christmas paid for in the cross of Calvary, finished in the work of Calvary. We open our presents. We eat our lunch. We celebrate our Savior. But listen, we do it all as believers today, waiting on a shout. Jesus is coming again. He's coming again joy to the world we're going to spend Christmas waiting on a shout even so Lord Jesus come quickly it's a little different this year isn't it? 
All of y'all, we know it. You know, we're waiting on a shout. We've got folks we're going to see waiting on a shout. You know what? This wicked world's going to pass away. We're waiting on a shout. Even so, Lord Jesus, come quickly. Merry Christmas. We have our Savior. We have our Savior. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come, and I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful that born on this, this day that we celebrate as our Savior, that he humbled himself, that he comes, and he's born in flesh, knowing what weight that he does it for us, that he comes as our Savior. Lord, I'm thankful that he is not here, he's risen. Lord, I'm thankful that he, he defeats the grave, that the payments received, the, the perfect Lamb of God carries my sin far away. I'm thankful for that truth. But Lord, as believers here today, as we pass through this time of celebration, I pray that we would do every bit of it waiting on a shout. That just as the first time you came, just as sure and as, as biblically foretold, there will be the shout, the voice of an archangel, the trumpet of the Lord, and Jesus himself will come. Lord, I pray that we're ready. Lord, I pray that we're prepared. Lord, I pray that we haven't been apathetic in these days and we've told every person we can tell that you're coming again. Lord, I thank you. I praise you that we can have the confidence and the faith to wait on a shout. Lord, we love you. We praise you. We thank you. We celebrate you. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen.